Hi, you're listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. And <laughs> what are we doing today? Um, a little bit about what we talked about last night when, like, just when, before we went to bed. And um, how important it is and how comforting it is uh, to receive affirmations. And I say comforting and affirming and a whole bunch of other things that it is that they are. But first, just to explain to people what an affirmation is for you and I. Perfect. So are you using the example that we, yeah. we did last night? Okay, yeah. so, so kind of set the scene. Um, you and I were sort of heading to bed uh, similar times. I walked in to say goodnight and you said you had a bunch of messages for me. So you started channeling Archangel Michael um, and had commented, or sorry, channeled that um, he was still around, that I, uh, I don't, don't remember quite how you worded it. But well, he said that um, the way that he worded it was that um, oh, uh, years ago, you were very close to him and you were very focused on his messages mm-hmm. and a relationship with him just in getting to know him who he is Mm -hmm. or his energy and that you had asked him to um I'll say hold a space with you but not a conscious one where you had to be aware of his presence every day and acknowledge it Mm, I like because you you worded it and said that I kind of wanted him to be on autopilot yeah that I didn't want to have to call on him that I needed him to just be there at all times and I needed to just trust that yes and know it and not have to hold on to the conscious thought that you were working at that constantly. Mm-hmm. Because that in and of itself is a lack of trust. Um, having to bring it up over and over again. But that you wanted to move to like a different level of trusting. Well, I think this is really interesting. Because I, I know you want to go somewhere else about affirmations. But you're bringing oh. up such a great point about trust. And um, this is something I never understood about prayer. And, oh. and I know, you know, you can yeah. insert a different word for it. I'm not picking on a certain religion. Um, but when people sit down to pray every single night, please watch over, please do this for this person, please. Um, you know, it, there is such a lack of trust mm-hmm. that they didn't hear you the first time. And I think I think that speaks more to our humanness, where we don't feel like people hear us, like people listen to us. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't have the immediate result, um, then, then we keep asking God or source or whoever whoever it is you're praying to for that same thing over and over again well for me uh, like and anybody that i'll say was raised as a a, like roman catholic um we were taught to do that Mm -hmm. that that was ingrained in us through the rosary so it was that you said those i'll call them the beads or whatever and i know other religions have their same thing too in repetitiveness whether it's a physical thing or a word or a deed um, I, but that you, you are conditioned to repeat mm-hmm. and in the, in that repeating, like you said, all <coughs> in and of itself is for some people, I'll say they may get a comfort out of it, mm-hmm. but also also say that as I've treated it, thousands of people, there isn't always comfort. There's a nervousness, there's an anxiety with it because, and you can go up and down in that. You can feel comfort sometimes. Oh, I'm going to say my my rosary or I'm going to pray or whatever. Or I talk to God and ask God to take care of all this. But I liken it to when I say to people, when a child comes up and says, can I have a cookie, mom? And you go, yes. Mm -hmm." And then you get busy with something and they go, mom, can I have a cookie? And you go, well, yes. I said yes, just in a minute. And you go, they come back pull on your skirt or on your pants or your shorts or whatever. Mom, can I have a cookie? 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 And they go over and over again. Well, 
and the, the parent usually gets irritated, first of all, and either gives in in that moment instead of when they were really going to present them with that cookie or whatever they're asking for. Um, but there's an anxiety of energy between the two mm-hmm. that's undeniable whether you think the kid's trusting the mother or not, mm-hmm. that they're going to get their cookie. Flat out, if you look, use it that way, that child is, has some anxiety, some neediness that's not being met. Mm-hmm. Um, where if they have to ask again and again, right there, you are creating that emotion. So anyway, back to our Michael story. Um, the, like He came through to say to you um, that he got your message about autopilot um, and that he knew that you... Um, just needed a hello and a check-in and an affirmation that he hadn't forgotten either, like the parents saying, yes, I'm getting you your cookie, um, but that he was around just to let you know that. Mm-hmm. And then you said... Well, no, oh. you actually, um, you had said, um, you used an example to illustrate what you were saying and said, um, just, you know, for instance, if you are sifting through the jewelry box and you see oh. your your bangle that has his name engraved on it. Right. And you might look at it, but not necessarily put it on that day, but it just sort of acts as like a reminder or a trigger um, to think of him and to kind of check in with him. And I, that's when I stopped you and I said, well, I did that three days ago. Um, and, and it's interesting because we have, well, we have a ridiculous uh, jewelry box where there's like 10 drawers and I don't usually go into the bottom ones. Um, just cause it's kind of the fancier stuff. And, um, I did, I went into it that day and I checked out the Michael bracelet and kind of smiled. It didn't suit what I was wearing, but I, I had my moment and I, I put it away and I was just thankful that he'd kind of presented himself or that we'd been, you know, we'd come back together in that moment. Like, so Last that's, night, that's, I, this is interesting because it's your affirmation, but it's also mine. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, that it goes both ways, mm-hmm. that the affirmations are for both people. They're for the client and for us or for you and for me or for the spirit world and and us mm-hmm. that we need. And I think that's why so many people, I'll say whether they do end up seeing somebody who has gifts like us whether you call it medium or psychic or medical intuitive, how those affirmations are so important on so many levels. And the one that the example that I gave was between a human and the spirit world in what we refer to on earth as angels. And that some people get all of those beautiful signs in butterflies and dragonflies or, oh my God, a bear or moose, or there's just so many different things. But that you got yours in your bracelet Mm -hmm. and that if people are open enough to that, how beautiful, well, first of all, let's Kelly, how did you feel? Because I think some people think, Oh, that's, that's crap. That's whatever. When you heard that message last night. Um, hmm. and I don't know if I think about it differently because I, I do channel as well, but my head goes to yes. Okay. The jewelry box is in your room, but you weren't even in the house. You weren't even in the house when I did that. Mm-hmm. So to ha- to to have you say those things, I knew you weren't physically present. I know that's you remote viewing and you um, or just listening to Michael and, and watching what he saw. Um, so for me, it's a lot of comfort. It's a lot of comfort to know that when I asked him so many years back to just kind of be there, um, 
and to know that they don't tire of that, that they don't tire of being with us, even if we're not in constant effort to communicate, um, that, that I'm, I'm well protected and well loved. Mm. And when, when you said whether I remote viewed it or not, or whether he told me, I would like to say that I got both <clears throat> and that I heard him, saw him, and also saw you look at your jewelry. Mm -hmm. And I also want to specify or, or bring up too that you have a jewelry stand in your own bedroom and that you could have remote view. I could have said you were in your own bedroom. Oh, right. So the specific. So the specifics that you were in my bedroom going through the jewelry box um, and not in your own room. So the, the yeah, specific seriously. things, yes, that have to be given I'll say so that you hit a certain level of feeling uh, that it is accurate, that there is enough information for you to believe. And, you know, kind of like the hypotheses in science, right? You have to have certain things mm -hmm. um, that have to be present to in order to prove. Yeah. And, and I think how often with, when we're working with police departments or <coughs> families, um, or just a client one on one, or each other, or us and a friend, how much we also need those. So while you were feeling your comfort, I was feeling my comfort because at the same time, that makes me know that not only, like, first of all, that I'm accurate. So it makes me feel like I'm not lying. When I do my job, it, yeah, I'm not making it up. I think this is really interesting because some people might listen to that and think that crosses your mind that you might be lying. Well, because I get challenged with that every day by people. No, I understand that. But there's also those clients who will come in um, in, in total belief and just here to mm. experience and enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so there will be the, there will be those baffled looks of how would it even cross your mind that she's lying? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they, 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 they have such trust. Mm -hmm. And, and might not understand that for us, we, we need those moments. We need those affirmations just as much as the client does um, to, to continue. Yeah. Cause I mean, if all of our clients were, were trusting, we wouldn't need to live like this. So it's kind of, I feel I, that I live in a precarious place. Because when those clients come in or friends are with me, it's like I can relax. Mm -hmm. But when I'm, I'll say, working um, or even in the mall um, for, and I'm with somebody or giving a message to somebody who's a non-believer, you see it in their face. Mm -hmm. You feel it in their energy. It's in their body, uh, um, the way they carry their body, that they're, they're asking you for something. Um, and then, I mean, you and I, you and I know there are all different levels of disbelief. The people who, who eagerly want to believe, those who are, I'll say, truly open, so that if you do give them the affirmation, they sigh, they receive it fully, and then they let you go on without having to constantly prove. But then there are many that I could give 50 affirmations in the first half hour, and they want 100 more in the second half hour, they're not at a place of ever accepting it. It's like they throw them out in the trash can. As soon as I give the affirmation, it's like they've got the, the can, trash can beside them and everything goes in it. So come on, give me more, give me more. I just, yeah, I think that's the exhaustive state that society's in right now. 
I do too. And I think it's, it's always more shock value. I want something bigger. I want something flashier. They're over the information they've received in a matter of two seconds and they want, they want more. We always want more. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it, um, makes it challenging. But for me, what you did last night, it's like, I want to take the whole day off today. Like (laughs) I do. I want to take the day off because I'm exhausted from the other people. And it doesn't mean I don't care about them or I don't want to help them. It's just exhausting. And so when you just sat there and went, thanks, mom, going to bed. And it's easy to see the angel Michael love you. It's easy to see that you accepted the love and that you feel the love back. Makes me want to cry. It, it just, it, there's so much joy in it that's lacking in so many things in the way that we teach in schools Mm -hmm. where a teacher can teach something, but there's no joy when the child receives the information. It's regurgitate back. There's no joy in, in friendship. If someone's giving something, but the other person can't really receive the compliment or can't really receive something from that person when we block receiving. And that can go on in all kinds of relationships, right? Mm -hmm. But when it, and I guess that's part of why it's important to me to take the day off, I'll say, because it fills me back up again. It's neat, because when you say that you want to cry, I understand that it comes from a place of relief or joy. Um, But for the clients who, like you say, want to eagerly believe, but can't quite get there, um, or who, who meet everything with resistance, there's a different kind of wanting to cry for them as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not out of, um, a pity. It's, it's no. certainly not that it's just an understanding that they come from a background that hasn't allowed them to receive. Yes. Which I think is very much what you were trying to say or, or were saying in your examples, um, of the conditioning, right? So whether it is a teacher or a parent, like you're saying in your relationship, um, where, there's, there's this, whether it's a fear, uh, or an anger that blocks them from, from being in that space. Um, I don't think they realize how much it exhausts, not just themselves, but the other people around them. And that's why I brought up the saying the rosary over and over again. This Mm -hmm. is something I lived. I'm, I'm, I'm not picking on other people who say the rosary. We had to say it every single night and we had to read the Bible um, every night as a family, my parents brought us together every single night. And I know loads of families, <coughs> whether they're Catholic or they're from some other religion or, or tradition, um, where there's maybe Sunday morning routine or, you know, whether it's church or whatever it is, but where they don't actually receive. And I'm certain that there are people in those institutions that would really love for their parishioners to receive something. And that it's not always that you're trying to teach uh, to shut down, but that in some of the very things that we do, we sh- we teach people to shut down instead of to receive. So if I have to say that rosary every single night, that's shutting down. Well, and the first thing that comes to mind, and I'm I'm going to say this as calmly as possible, um, the first thing that comes to mind in that religion, because I did spend many years in that system for for schooling. Um, when you're talking about receiving is the host um, and how the very words that you say before you quote unquote mm. receive it is I am not worthy. Yeah. 
but just over and over again i am not worthy but just say the word and i shall be healed right by something outside of me that i have no 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 part of which is just crazy making yeah and i i don't want to go too far into that um so maybe let's come back to to our original topic which of receiving and affirmations and affirmations and the joy and the beauty um you know what this is really cool can we can i go somewhere different? Go. yeah we used to run um workshops and i say used to because no no one really showed up um to to teach people how to use their own intuition to teach them mm-hmm. how to use a lot of these gifts that we've been talking about and so we'd have everyone in in partners um uh, and they would play games with each other yeah and we would yeah. um you know some some of them they had to hold an emotion for a minute in silence and the other person had to explain what they were feeling from the other person mm-hmm. um and and touch on those emotions some some of the games we practiced remote viewing where the person had to think of a specific room in their house and then the other person had to explain what they thought they were seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that those were some of my most joyful times watching mm-hmm. other people get their affirmations mm-hmm. uh, and growing in their own intuition. And, you know, maybe some people are listening going, I want to do that. Um, I just remember one of our clients who had already been to the house but never been in our basement, right? That's one of the one actually it's the one area that's off limits for our clients um and so that's the the room I envisioned because I knew she had never been down there um and so she ended up describing she goes well I got nothing and I said well yeah I'm pretty sure you probably didn't so just tell me what you did get and don't minimize anything and she goes well I got nothing I all I saw was white (laughs) <laughs> and I, so I started laughing and I said, I didn't say anything. I said, just go on, just keep going. You're doing yeah. great. And she says, well, I just got a whole bunch of colors. I got white and I got, and then I saw a lot of gray and then I saw pink and purple and I just got colors <laughs> and I just <laughs> laughed. And I well, as you already know, our entire, our entire house is painted white. Our, all of our walls are white. All of our furniture is gray <laughs> and specifically in our basement, your side of the office is pink. My side of the office is purple. Yeah. So she literally nailed every single color of the room I was envisioning. Yeah. And I just, she lit up. Yeah. And I just said, you can't ever doubt yourself in the sense of saying that colors are nothing. Because mm-hmm. colors are so um, representative and so symbolic uh, for, for so many different things in our lives, right? They can mm-hmm. represent an emotion. They can represent like our office, a physical thing. Um, she nailed it. And she was so thrilled with herself. And, and mm-hmm. of course, I was with her as well. Um, just watching her excitement. I just mm-hmm. thought that was so cool. And, and I mean, there's been so many other clients who have... Uh, okay, can we go on about yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Um, can I talk a little bit about uh, that, um, how excited I get? Because uh, when clients come and we're wearing the same clothes... Mm-hmm. Or we wear the same colors, or I put my hair up in a ponytail two seconds before they arrive, and they've got their hair in a ponytail. Mm-hmm. Then the next client comes, and I run up to the bathroom, I take my hair down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, Kelly can attest to how many times I change in a day, <laughs> um, and how many times my hair goes up and down, mm-hmm. and that my clients show up at the door um, in the same colors I'm wearing, or uh, or I'm wearing the same colors they're wearing, mm-hmm. uh, however you want to word that. Um, because they are working on opening their own intuition. And when they come here, um, they're giving me messages to, to share that with them in the colors 
or hair up, hair down, whatever it is, flip flops, high heels, and and how fun when I open the door and they look at me and we're wearing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't mean the, the exact same dress, but the same colors or same if it's frills same cut yeah or the, like a, a top and a skirt uh and a flat sandal but that they're telling me these messages and that all day long somebody might think wow imagine going to work and having to change five times for someone else <laughs> for someone else that's freaking crazy who's doing it's that not, shit it's not even a date <laughs> no <laughs> no i am not changing for my dates <laughs> That would be weird. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, oh, I just think about how how incredibly fun it is. Um, and you and I have talked about so many times when we go to workshops how um, we will both get dressed in our separate bedrooms and we will come out of our bedrooms, open the door, look at each other and have identically the same clothes on <laughs> and not plan that. And how um, it makes you feel. It, the self-confidence that you get when that you're trusting your own intuition, that mm-hmm. you're, you are listening to yourself. You are listening to that inner voice and people go, well, what does that inner voice sound like? Does it sound like somebody else's or does it sound like my own thoughts? Have we already <laughs> talked about that? No, that's why I brought no, it up. Okay. Cause yeah. And it, I could have sworn we did, but we always joke that we always want the inner voice to be Morgan Freeman because we would yeah. 100% listen to that voice. We oh. wouldn't doubt it for a second. Well, yeah. Cause he sounds like the voice of <laughs> I'll say God. So commanding. <laughs> do this do that um no but it's it's oftentimes just your own voice and you really have to separate and sometimes you don't know if it's your own thought or if it's someone else's until you know that client walks through the door and you get to see okay we are dressed the same but they've been dressed since 9 a.m yes and i just got changed two minutes ago yeah um so you're you're matching them um pardon me i ate almonds and they're, they're stuck in the back of my throat um, one of the coolest things that I've done kind of on a, on a daily basis is when I show up to yoga class. Mm. Um, so I sit in on Amanda's classes and, um, I don't know what happens, but every class I usually end up coming out of the posture, maybe a half a second before she says release. And I will shift my body into a cross-legged position or I'll put my feet right out in front of me or I'll go and grab my block. And it's always a couple seconds before she says, mm-hmm the position she wants us to come into. Mm-hmm. And I, I always end up being kind of one step ahead. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it from an egotistical standpoint whatsoever. It's just been a really nice way to have my affirmations that a best friend and I are so in tune, mm-hmm. um, that an instructor and I are so in tune, okay. even if it's the same person. Um, because I, and I know you, you've kind of played your games uh, in, mm-hmm. in different ways. Um, but for, for myself to be, to be engaging in those and getting my affirmations is really wonderful too. Mm-hmm. And I, and how great is that for an instructor to have a student in tune with them? I think it's something that everybody who takes on the role or, um, of, of mentorship or of teaching, yeah. um, would strive to have somebody that connected to them. Um, I think about sports, you know, Kelly, you and I have talked about this many times, even yeah. about like teamwork, hockey teams, any type of sport where you intuition, and I think in all sports, intuition mm-hmm. is the, is that cutting edge that makes somebody better than the rest of the group that everybody's looking to get. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what we teach people to use and to open up and to do. 
Yeah, and I, I think it's really interesting because, and you and I tend to do this a lot, is is to um, go back and forth from intuition to the science because mm-hmm. somehow people don't think they're the same thing. Uh, and I think it's really neat because some people will, t- will argue that in sports it's more about behavior and predictability, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've both read that book, um, The Power of Habit. Mm-hmm. And how you're conditioned to to sort of take the cues and and have your behaviors, but if you talk to any of you know professional sports um, athletes, they will they'll say they know where you know their teammates going to be because they anticipate so well, mm-hmm. and they know they know their. Um, well, what is anticipation? Right, exactly. <laughs> it's another word for intuitiveness. Yeah, and I just, I think it's wonderful. And, and this kind of goes into a, maybe a little bit of a different conversation where um, a lot of <laughs> a lot of cynical women will say that women are so much more in tune than men. And I think it's mm-hmm. really neat because I think they're referring to intuition in one, in one sense of the word mm-hmm. um, or in one context. And if I really look at men in all of the sports that they play mm-hmm. and also I'll say in a lot of their business. friendships and yeah and business as well far more intuitive mm-hmm. or or I'll, maybe not far more intuitive but definitely ut- utilizing their their skills a lot more than women mm-hmm. um, and perhaps because it is uh, encouraged and congratulated yeah uh, by trophies and and paychecks right um, whereas the and promotions yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I don't think it's a fair argument for women to say that we're more intuitive because of that whole gender bias of we're more nurturing. Mm-hmm. I don't think intuitiveness has to be about nurture. It can be just about like you're talking about being in sync. Mm-hmm. And uh, I well, just... I, I brought that up. I'm glad that you've gone through to make those points because that's what I... That was part of my goal today was to say that intuitiveness is in business. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to Harvard University or read any of the books by some of the people you and I read, you'll see how important it is to, yes, you want your facts. Uh, <laughs> just fell off my armrest. Oh, good morning. <laughs> Recuperating. <laughs> oh you waking up. Yeah. Um, but h- how important it is to follow your, your gut. You know, I mm-hmm. think guys might refer to it as their gut, um, because if they walk around and say, well, I'm being very intuitive today, um, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're typically mocking women, uh, by saying, oh, I'm going to be intuitive. And instead of just dropping the conversation, I'll say, um, in a, in the sense of being combative and offer friendship, offer, I'll say you know, the exact opposite. We can both use our guts. We can both be nurturers. We can both be intuitive. And as long as we stop using and putting stigma on those words. Mm-hmm. That, that's the point I'm trying to make. And that um, it's not okay anymore to keep putting the stigma on those things because it keeps us in those boxes. But it keeps each of us out of the other arena. So if I am a female and I'm intuitive, it's like it's okay for me to use it at home with my kids because I'm a mom or with my husband because I'm married. Um, but it's not okay for me to be intuitive at work. At where That's crazy. Women are definitely intuitive at work. And we've, we have to be okay to say that. Men and women equally. Yes. And guys don't just get to say that they've got a good gut for their job or good instinct in sports, but that they don't, they can't use that in being a good husband or being pet owner. a pet owner yeah. or, oh my God, we could do a whole show good on friend. intuitiveness and pets. 
uh, uh, yeah, a good friend in intuiting what your friend knows and inner knowing. We we do know those things. And I, I guess what part of my intention today was to, to bring out that conversation so that it can be more open. Mm-hmm. So that if some, how, Kelly, how often do you and I hear, my husband doesn't know I'm here. He doesn't know I'm seeing you. He doesn't know I'm paying you. Please don't use Visa. I'm going to give you cash. I can't have a check traced. Like there is such a high percentage of females that come and say that their husband don't know and can't know. And it just boggles my mind because you're basically saying I'm not allowed to be myself. If you can't be intuitive, you're not allowed to be fully yourself, but love me. I want my husband to love me. I want my wife to love me, but I can't be myself, but they're going to try and love me. Well, good luck with success when you can't be yourself, but you think they're going to, they have to love you. So you're never going to really feel fully loved because you, you always have to hide that part of yourself. And the other person never really gets to know you. That's controlling. So you're not being loved. You're being controlled. Good. Sure. Okay. Where are we going next? Apparently anywhere. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking it's so funny because you, you know I write the descriptions for the shows and I'm thinking, what in the hell do I write for this one? We started talking about affirmations. Affirmations. And now we're... Let's go back. Okay. Affirmations and intuition, if you want, be, for, uh, for the title of, for the show because it was the, the focus that I wanted for people to see it in their own lives in, in that these affirmations are everywhere. So can we maybe go to a little bit of affirmation? Oh, Kelly, I'm yes, this is a rampage. Okay. So we could call this show the rampage. (laughs) (laughs) The the affirmation rampage. Um, I think about affirmations on on um, one morning. Well, first of all, I guess I should preface that by saying when we go to bed at night, we leave our cell phones very like close to us. Because both Kelly and I can get phone calls in the middle of the night to find missing people. And um, uh, that I want to be very specific here that we don't take calls in the middle of the night yeah, that just from clients and text messages because people have done that too. Like, where's my ring at three in the morning? Um, that's not what we mean. Um, but we do get calls for people that are, are missing. So anyway, I remember this one morning in the summer. I think it was two summers ago that uh, that my phone rang at seven in the morning and I was sound asleep. I just remembered waking up, picking up my phone. And before I said my name or anything, I remembered dreaming that I had helped a man cross over. And that in the dream, there was very specific things in the dream about him struggling with his belt. I remember there was a woman in the boat with him um, that I think it was Manitou Islands. I can't remember, but... Now, it was a couple of years ago, but it was around here locally, Lake Nipissing Lake in this area, and that there was a woman in the boat, and she she made it back to shore. She had a life jacket on, but the man drowned. And I remember crossing his, going with his spirit as he was crossing over um, in my dream, and that uh, he, would, he was struggling. He didn't have a life jacket. I think he had his pants on, tried to take his shirt off. Um, no life jacket around him. And I just remember there being something about the belt or whatever. And that he had a daughter and an ex-wife. And when I woke up and the phone rang, the the phone woke me up. Um, I responded, picking up the phone by saying he's dead. And the person said, hello, is this Karen Zarlow? And I said, yes, thinking 
okay, I don't get why, what she's doing, but I was foggy here. And um, she said, Karen, I'm looking for, um, I think she said my husband. And I said, no, you mean your ex-husband. And she said, yes, there's my first affirmation because she had said my husband, but then it, I remember in the dream it was X and she said she did correct she did correct herself and say yes and I said was he on a boat in on Lake Nipissing like yesterday afternoon and he's been missing and she said yes where are they going to find him and see okay and I said no he's passed over he crossed during the night he drowned and I said he he was in the water and she said that's correct and I said was there a woman with him and she's made it to shore Yes, that's correct. And I said, the police will find his body in about an hour, to, about an hour or so. I think it was around eight in the morning. He, he said his spirit said he was going to be found. And she said, thank you for telling me. I have to get over to my daughter's house. The police will be getting over there to tell her her dad's passed. And I want to be with her when she gets the news. And so I think about how important those affirmations were. All of those, the accuracy of all of those messages. And I said about the woman having the life jacket on and it, uh, she didn't know yet about the fact, she knew the woman had the life jacket on and had made it to shore. She wouldn't have known yet that he didn't have a life jacket on. And, or what he had struggled with or what he was wearing. Well, I remember you saying, are you telling me that the belt was the issue because he had heavy jeans on and mm. he, couldn't, he couldn't tread water? Yeah, and he couldn't get out of them. He was trying to get out of them instead of swimming. Mm -hmm. And they were weighing him down, mm -hmm. the weight of the jeans that when they're wet. Mm -hmm. And that he was fatiguing and that he was trying to get the jeans off. Something to that effect. So, but when I think of those, that, all of the affirmations that I got that day or, and in my dreams... And that I was able to waste no time. First of all, people might be listening to this thinking, holy shit, you, she answered the phone and said he's dead? Well, you know what? That's My, not the first time I've done that no, either. And oh God, don't call the oh. house. Don't call the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, my holy shit moment would be you, you wake up and, God, oh, I almost swore. Um, I know the way you wake up and it takes you a good 10 minutes to be present. Um but you woke up and immediately connected, I'm sorry, <clears throat> immediately connected the dream to the phone call. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. That, and see, to me, I like, That's I'm just, sure that just was a flow. Okay, go on. I won't say that I, I to me, that's just being in the flow with the universe, uh, trusting right place, right time, following my gut. Not questioning in the left side yeah. of the brain. So you're not thinking about what you're saying. You're no, just no, I'm offering. trusting. And and I think that's what every coach wants their athlete to do. If I go back to that little analogy, that's why this conversation is so important. Because that's what bosses want employees to do when they make snap decisions that are perfect. Um, right place, right time. It's the success of a business. It can be the tipping point in education. It's, it's everything that we're looking for. Um, it's, it's, it's the very thing in a relationship, right place, right time. You could ask her to marry you on the dock and the ring falls in the water. <laughs> you know, just right place, right time. Um, but also just the fact that, um, that flow is something that you live, you get to, you get to become so familiar with that you live in and that when people come 
and challenge the affirmations all the time and don't believe, the flow is choppy. Because they create my choppiness. It is not my state of being. They have to create that for me. So if they come in and they want their information and the session isn't what they want, they've created that. Because it's not my natural state. Is that good? Yeah, and I think a lot of people won't understand that. Um, mm-hmm. Because th- like they'll think, well, that's a really nice excuse for her to not have a good connection or to say it's my my fault, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, what's really trying to be said is that the people who will deny your affirmations and uh, n- withhold, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if, you're, if your information is flowing and you're channeling, because that's the constant state that you and I live in, um, when someone says no, maybe, I don't know, to all of the things that we're saying, mm-hmm. they withhold the affirmations that allow the flow to continue. Oh, and there are clients that will knowingly say at the end of the session, um, you were 100% accurate. And I sit there stunned and say, then why did you tell me? No, maybe, maybe, not sure. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. Why did you do that? And they sit there and go, well, because I was just testing you. And it's like, oh my God, that totally defeats the purpose of what you came for. This isn't about me. This was supposed to be about you connecting with your spirit world or your soul or meeting your needs. And I was here to openly 100% facilitate it for you and do, do that. It's like saying to Wayne Gretzky, get on the ice and skate for this team. Well, we're not going to give you any skates. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> we're going to deny some things you need. Mm-hmm. We might not give you a stick. We'll see how you do. But it's de- those, those are the tools. The affirmations, the yes, those are the tools we need to have the flow. Mm-hmm. It might not be the best analogy in the world, but I'm just trying to say that um, the withholding, um, blocks the flow. And I guess what I'm saying is in, for an athlete or for anybody else, there's a flow to things. Yeah. There, there are tools that make them have that flow. If he's using his intuitiveness and now he's not allowed to, or whoever, I don't want to pick on Wayne Gretzky by any means. It's just that to me, he's the bar, the bar. And, um, I think if you're trying to live an authentic life, there has to be some kind of a bar. Mm-hmm. And to me, he was also—he's also an authentic person, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, um, I guess you know what, Kelly. I try and help people relate things because I'm not a sports person. Okay, I think they can probably tell. Yeah. Okay. So that's <laughs> out there for everybody. Um, so you know, you'll have to bear with me with my terrible analogies. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to, back to affirmations. Um, I used the one about the person in in the water. Um, and there there was so much to that that story of him and his crossing over. Somebody else might say, well, what, what do you mean you crossed him over? Could you stop and go back to that? that that's a whole, a whole experience right there of helping somebody who was dying in the middle of Lake Nipissing. And my whole dream is about being with him as he's in that very night and crossing his spirit over. But I, you know, if I can skip to something, I think about the mom being with her daughter. I think about the police coming and being able to say to the daughter that her dad has passed away and he has drowned in Lake Nipissing and how horrific that thought is right there. 
So I want to fast forward that story a little bit. Um, before they went to the funeral and to the wake, um, they made an appointment to come and see me. And immediately, the, 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 I think it was the following day before the wake started. Um, so they came to see me that morning to check in with his spirit to see because that how he was after drowning. Was he okay? That that would be a traumatic, traumatic experience for a soul or a body, or is it even? Is he okay? Is he happy? Did he cross safely? Is, is his spirit still in the water? I think so many people, if you think of someone drowning, do you hang on to the thought for the rest of your life that they're still drowning? Do you keep visualizing them in the water struggling? Mm-hmm. Do you keep thinking of them trying to find their air, struggling to survive, trying to breathe? Does it make us hold our own breath? Uh, yeah, I am right now. Okay. So if you've had somebody who's drowned, for instance, do you constantly think and hold your own breath for them Mm -hmm. because you love them so much? So to me, to be able to come even before the funeral, to come within 24 hours of finding out they've drowned, to connect so that you can talk to them and say, are you okay? Are you still holding your breath, dad? And he says, no, babe, I'm here. And then he can go on and go, hey, Brought you that butterfly this morning on your way in with your mom on Karen's front door. Did you see that? It was orange. It had, you know, white polka dots on it. Did you get that? And when they get all of those affirmations, they can let go of holding their breath. Mm -hmm. And I think of how many... For the rest of their life. Yes. And I think of how that can... Oh, yeah, I really did squeal. Yes. Yes. Maybe I could sing that one at some point. Maybe don't. (laughs) Okay. But I think of how that whole release... Of breathing again allows them to take in the next breath for life, allows them to have their children, allows them to go to a soccer game and be there instead of holding their breath, allows them to go to work. I think of how many people go into a depression and not understand they're depressed and and can go into being medicated for it and not ever understand that they just need to know somebody's okay and that the medication is never going to let them have that. It's Mm -hmm. never going to tell them that. It's never going to say your dad's okay and he's not holding his breath. Breathe, honey. You're good. We're good. We're together. I was that crow standing in front of the car this morning. I was that bear on the highway. Whatever that they need to hear as an affirmation. I moved the dimes. (laughs) Uh, I hid your gold ring with the purple stone. (laughs) Like it's when they can have all of those affirmations. To me, it's one of the ways that, that they move forward. When somebody says to them, oh, you got to let go. You got to let go of your dad's death. Oh, my God. How do you let go? And they, oh, you have to go to therapy or you have to be medicated or just move on um, or move. Go to a different city. Pick up. Leave. People have such weird ideas as to how to move what moving on can look like without without any closure, without any answers or check in with the person just to say, dad, you okay?" And how quickly she could get her okay. And by the way, that could cost you $60 for half an hour. That could, and that's for the rest of your life. Um, And I think about how people go, oh, I just don't have $60. Okay. So hold your breath for the rest of your life. Put your $60 on your, on your visa or buying a pair of jeans, but they won't put it on or they'll buy cigarettes or, um, uh, a sea I don't know, I could throw all kinds of things out there, another hockey stick, whatever. But they don't think of how important it is just to be able to breathe again. Mm-hmm. And that that breathing 
and lack of could lead them to the divorce that could cost them 15000 So $60, $15,000 or $4,000. It, it doesn't make sense. And then what I'm trying to say today is that the affirmations are the sense. They are the things that go right to the, like the pinpoint of where the problem is instead of trying to find other solutions that don't work or contemporarily work. Because your sea-do could make you happy while you're on it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely calling this the rampage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <clears throat> um, more affirmations. Okay, go. I, I, Kelly, I can think of so many affirmations I want to ask you about, too. So, um, Well, you know what? And I, I want to use you as an, ex- as an example, because um, we've also talked about people who don't believe. So... I want to talk about a big believer who still looks for more affirmations and denies some of the ones that come her way. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, and and <clears throat> definitely not done in, in a rude way. I know um, you're meaning me, and I think it's good that... I literally said you. Oh. <laughs> so I'm so glad your intuitiveness is kicking in. Um, anyway, uh, so... I years ago when your father passed back in 2001 oh my god yeah I'm using this and you know what I'm using it because any of your clients who are listening will go I know the butterfly story uh and that's great because that that just helps them feel that much more connected and they can maybe piece everything together for themselves is um when he passed you had asked him to be butterflies Mm -hmm. and specifically at this point in 2001 monarch butterflies Mm -hmm. and um at first he came through as a monarch butterfly, literally, mm-hmm. and in very odd times of the year, like you'd have a butterfly oh. in like early March and anyone who's in Northern Ontario knows that ain't spring. Remember the monarch butterfly we saw at Duchesne Falls and there was snow on the ground? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that like, was freaky. It's still our winter and you've yeah. got you've got these beautiful real live butterflies in in conditions they shouldn't be surviving in. Right. Um and so I think probably for the better part of a decade you you wrote out butterflies. Um <laughs> and and it's fantastic because yeah. they they just absolutely lit you up. Um, can I say in different ways too? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Okay. So actual butterflies, but then, um, you had got to the point where, um, when you walked into a mall, you know, these two little girls would be running past you and they had butterflies all over their tops. And then you'd walk by, you know, the gap. And I remembered seeing a buttload of butterflies on their, their window decals. Uh, and so you, you understood that the affirmations didn't have to come in a literal, um, form that yeah. it could be on a piece of paper on a t-shirt yeah. um, but that you still got your butterflies yeah. and I thought that was really cool because you never denied and said well it has to be a live fluttering butterfly yeah um and then yeah <laughs> I know what's coming and then 10 years later you got <clears throat> she got bored she got bored of the butterflies which wait I can just I think... can I just tell them about the black butterfly oh yeah I asked my dad to be a six foot tall black butterfly like what <laughs> <laughs> And I got it at Jackman Flower Shop when it was in Northgate Mall. <clears throat> and they had a big black wrought iron one that goes like up, you know, that you put up on your house or your cottage. I know I was there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go um, on. I thought s- that was pretty good. Yeah. So I'll say t- <clears throat> testing in, in some kind mm-hmm. of form, but still an interesting kind of testing because as it appeared to you, 
um, there was still an openness to receive. There wasn't a denial of a different form, Mm -hmm. right? And then once you got bored of the butterflies, you decided, screw it, I want a dragon. Mm-hmm. And I, we laughed so <laughs> a hard. Red, a red one. Because <clears throat> the day that you had asked for a red dragon. Oh, I got it and, within hours. <laughs> you and I went for a walk down, down, I'll say this, the part of our street we don't normally turn to walk down. Yeah. Um, and in the basement window of this, of this house at the end of our street is um, like this cloth. A flag. Of, yeah, like a flag, a big flag hanging in a window, and there's your red dragon. And yeah. I said, Mom, you need to look this way. Now, first of all, you didn't know I had asked him to be a dragon. No. So we should, excuse me, clarify that I had changed my mind that day after 10, excuse me, after 10 years that I, instead of the butterfly, that I would ask him to be a red dragon, but I hadn't told you this. No. So when we walked down the street. I went, oh, a dragon, look. Yes, <laughs> and sh- and then you said to me, did you ask grandpa to be a dragon? Mm-hmm. And you knew. I didn't have to tell you. You turned around and smacked me on the shoulder <laughs> and said, you little shit, you asked grandpa to be a dragon <laughs> instead of a butterfly. What are you thinking? <laughs> like the butterflies, like he wasn't doing a good enough job. <laughs> so he gave me a red dragon. Okay, Kelly, can we, are you keep, are, are you keep going on that? Your grammar is fantastic. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> did I interrupt you? No, that's okay. I just wanted to point out that you that you did change the way you wanted your affirmations, mm. but didn't deny them once they appeared, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of us do. Okay. We, we question it, right? We ask for the butterfly, it comes, and then we justify, well, you know, it is, it is May, and there are a lot of butterflies in this area. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, not all of them hit your windshield or hit everyone's windshield, mm-hmm. right? Um, anyway, you, you got excited about another one. I can get excited about thousands of affirmations because they are so important for, I'll say, believability, credibility, accuracy. Um, they're crucial to, to my existence. Um, I'll say in the very core of who I am. Um, but Cal, I think about when we helped find the little missing girl in Levine a couple of summers ago. And how, uh, and uh, so I'll just put that out there. And then do you want to talk about how you got some of your affirmations from her? Um, just the affirmation part, if yeah, you want. I'm, I'm just trying to think, cause I think I've, I've blocked a lot of that. Oh, okay. Um, Can I d- probably because of stress? Okay. I know that when we were searching for her, um, that you bring this up a lot that I was singing to her to help her calm down. Yeah. Through the night. She was running through the bush all night long. And I had sung for whatever reason, because I don't even necessarily like it myself. There was, I think there was a Katy Perry song. Um, and Carly and the Carly Ray Jepsen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, they're not songs I would choose to sing, but, um, I had been humming those over and over again as we were searching for her. Um, and then, I had you had asked her when we met her, I guess after she had been found, um, if she had been singing to herself, and she said yes, and she she made the comment about the two songs yeah. that she was singing to keep herself awake, yeah, um, which I had been doing because we knew there were animals in the bush, um, so the affirmation that she had heard the songs that we were singing the same songs, uh, spirit to spirit, that was a, that was a big affirmation, yeah, and um, <clears throat> at one Sorry. point. Another affirmation for the family and for the police in search and rescue. 
during the night because Kelly and I were sitting here in North Bay in our, in our, my bedroom. We were sitting in my bed all night. Um, we were talking over the phone to her parents and to um, search and rescue members by speakerphone on their cell phones. And I remember at one point, one of the affirmations for me was that I could smell poo. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I said, um, I smell f- poo, feces. And the firefighters said, oh, my God, Karen, I'm standing in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> he said, you can smell it really badly because we're at a sheep field mm-hmm. and that there was sheep dung all over the place. And um, it was a good affirmation for the search and rescue team that you and I were picking up their location. Mm-hmm. So if we, if I can continue with that particular situation to explain to people, we're still sitting in our house. They are in, I can't remember. It was Levine, I think out in the bush in farm country. And we're talking to these people over the telephone and we have to establish trust with them in seconds or we're done because this is a search and rescue. They had six, apparently six teams of search and rescue all night, she had been missing since like two in the afternoon. It was like 28 or 30 degrees out in the summer. And I remember one of the affirmations, Kelly, being that you could feel her drinking water. Mm-hmm. And we saw her next to a red brick. Oh, um, yeah. Red brick building. building. Um, and that we told them about the red brick building and that she had drank water. She'd been there and she'd left. Yes. So we were able to confirm with <clears throat> her when we met her again about two weeks later, um, after they found her, that she did go into that building. It helped search and rescue because they knew where the building was. So they knew where to go to get on track to be closer to her. And also, how good was that for her parents to know that that building existed, it was red brick, and when they did get to the building in the middle of the night, they saw two bottles of empty water and they knew she was the one that drank it. Mm -hmm. So they knew she was being hydrated after having been missing from uh, around two in the afternoon um, all the way through a hot day in the summer and through the, through the night. Mm-hmm. And she's running. So they knew that she was on the move. They were able to know that she was still alive. And I think of the comfort that would be given to, I'll say search and rescue team, but more than them, her parents, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that their daughter is still alive. Because this is a little girl by herself running through the bush in the middle of the night. Um, Some of the other affirmations, Kel. Um, I remember talking to the fire, uh, one of the fire um, uh, volunteers. Mm -hmm. And I was able to describe all of his body pain. So I said, well, are you the one with the low sore back on the left side? And he goes, oh my God, yes. And as you're on speakerphone with a whole search and rescue team, and her mom and dad, and her aunt was there, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. I described what her aunt was wearing. I described her white pants and her sandals, um, the flip-flops she had on, the color of the car her parents drove to get there mm-hmm. to the location, because they weren't there. They had left her with a babysitter uh, when she went missing into the bush. And um, all the importance of giving those affirmations to all of these people they ended up keeping us on the phone the entire night, right through till, I think it was like six in the morning. Mm-hmm. We were awake from 10 at night. They called us till six in the morning and they found her at eight 
Is that correct? I think yeah, that was correct I, by I, helicopter pilot. Yeah. And I remember you and I <clears throat> trying to, well, if I remember correctly, you were in her body working with her, mm-hmm. feeling what she was feeling as she was running through the bush. Mm-hmm. Um, the water that she drank, that you could feel it go down her, your throat, that you could see the bottles of water, that you could see the building, the color, the brick all of that stuff to give them solid affirmations. Because I remember at one point the, the, I don't know if it was a a fireman or a police officer that said to me that they needed to know that I was accurate because they had these rescue teams and they needed to know if they should put them on the highway and if she was abducted Mm. and if she was somebody who had been taken Mm. and that the person who had taken her was moving her body Mm. and that search and rescue needed to know, should we be putting our manpower in a search and rescue on a highway, blocking highways, or should they be in the bush? Where And you only have so much manpower. Mm. So you have to make a choice. And I remember thinking, oh my God, they're asking me if if they're supposed to put police officers on the road or if they're supposed to put them in the bush. What if I'm wrong? What if I put them all in the bush and some man or some person or people have taken her and no one's, no one's chasing her. No, no one's trying to find her. I'm a mom. I am a mom. I remember walking out of the bedroom. You had, I think had just fallen asleep with Alexi mm-hmm. and, um, I went down and sat in the living room and I should have probably sat on the toilet because I thought I was going to shit my pants. Oh my God. <laughs> I was so yeah. scared because I'm a mom. I've got her mom and dad listening. And to me, the, the responsibility to tell search and rescue where to go wasn't even near the amount of stress that I felt, even though that was huge. It wasn't even close to what I felt to tell a mom and a dad the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. My head went to me being a mom. Oh, and and yeah, and I think you've said it already, but... Um, to have already said to them, she's okay and she will be found. Oh, yes. Alive. And she is alive. <clears throat> and er, er, all of that. And, and the fact that this is in the middle of the night. You and I are exhausted. You're falling asleep. And Kelly, I keep remembering every time you'd fall asleep on the bed beside me. as and, I'm, t- And then wake up. And you woke up with such a jolt. Mm-hmm. You woke up in a the highest state of anxiety mm-hmm. and then you'd start breathing hard and you'd start going into a sweat mm-hmm. because you were literally running in Alexi's body. Mm-hmm. And I remember you singing the songs. I, Oh my God, Kelly, the wolves. I just remembered the wolves. Are the memories coming back to you now? Yeah. I, th- I think it was difficult just because I was in and out and I remembered being really angry um, and questioning myself at that point because, because of all the anger I felt, I thought it was me as in Kelly, um, not being good at my job because I kept falling asleep and I kept thinking you're oh. doing more of the work and I'm not really good at this. Oh my and God. I didn't get my affirmation. You were on the phone with them getting your affirmations. Yeah. I was with Alexi, which no one could confirm anything. That's right. So I didn't get any affirmations until a week later when we went to the fire hall to meet her. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole other level of exhaustion. Oh yeah. And I just, I just remembered feeling terrible that I wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. So c- can we continue? Yeah, absolutely. And, and not that I don't, like I said, I want, I just, I love you. I know. I love you too. Just when I hear you say that again. It was hard work. Yeah. 
And I mean, I, I remember going literally into work the next morning. Um, I was getting Tim Hortons, uh, walking into Scotiabank, and I got the phone call from the woman who called us to find her and said, thank you so much, they found her. Was the firefighter's wife that and called? And I bawled my eyes out on the bench, and I asked my boss if I could go home. Yeah. Because I, and I, I she was wonderful. She's been here and, and knows what we do, and I said that we stayed up all night finding a missing girl. They found her, and I, I'm toast. Yeah. Kelly, I want to say something about what you did too. Um, that was so important to the helicopter pilot being able to find her at the location he did Mm -hmm. in that we could recognize by remote viewing. One of the things that I was doing was that I was down on the ground. I could see the search and rescue by remote viewing them, but there were six teams I had to see. So I had to be able to say team one has to move left or the team I was speaking to has to go straight. Um, to keep everybody from moving all of the animals in towards Alexi. Mm-hmm. Because we could see that there were wolves out there and a bear a bear pit. And that the search and rescue team were able to confirm for me that there were wolves. And I remember him saying to me, I can confirm this because I see the eyes looking at me. Mm-hmm. And I remember the search and rescue team thinking, thank God that there was a combination of police with guns and volunteers um, making noise, making yeah. noise, banging on things <clears throat> and stuff, but that they were waking up, I'll say, and I know some animals are nocturnal, so they're not waking up some of them, but they were moving the animals in a direction too. Mm-hmm. So they had these animals that as they're trying to find Alexi and as they're trying to move towards her, they're also all these different teams. They're also moving all these animals in one direction. Mm-hmm. And so you've got this firefighter saying to me, Karen, I can confirm for you that there are wolves because they're looking at us and I can see them. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying at one point to them, there is a bear pit out there. There's, there's a group of bears and he knew where the bear pit was. So they knew how to stay or like to stay away from that area so that they didn't aggravate the bears and how important all of that was in keeping Alexi alive. Mm-hmm. And also in that we had to get Alex, you had to get Alexi to an open area. Mm-hmm. So, because there's a canopy here. This, the helicopter couldn't come till the morning, although, and I remembered saying to her parents, she won't be found till morning, because they kept saying to me all night long, are we going to find her? Which six of, which of the six teams will find her? Mm-hmm. Who's closest to her? And I kept saying, nobody's going to find her during the night. She will be found in the morning by the helicopter pilot. And I didn't even know there was a helicopter pilot on the way. Nobody told me they called a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And From Toronto? I can't remember. He's, I think, you know what? I won't comment because yeah. I have no idea. And I I'd think rather he's from not. Out of town. Yeah. I think he had to come like from a base, like a military base or something. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That would be in the North Bay Nugget. And I have no clue. So if I have no clue, I'd rather not comment. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I remember saying that they had, there was going to be a helicopter pilot coming and that the pilot would be the person to find her. Um, but that we had to get Alexi to an open area under the canopy so that she could see the helicopter. And when we spoke to her, 
um, we asked her if she had seen, and she had said yes, that the helicopter had gone over her more than once, but he couldn't see her, Mm -hmm. and that she had to get to an open area. Mm -hmm. So when you are an eight-year-old little girl running through a massive amount of bush area, way out where there's no community, no farms, nothing, because she made her way away from all of that and deep into the bush, that we had to, you, you had to find a way to connect to her intuition where her spirit and your spirit were able to connect on such a level that she didn't even know that she would just go and keep moving left or right as you're guiding her because you can remote view to see where she's going. And I think it was interesting too, because um, when I would fall asleep, she would sit. Yeah. I had to, I, there were certain points where she had to sit or lay down not just to rest, but like you're talking about to let animals do their moving before she got moving again. Yes. Um, and so there was a lot of stop and go um, to, yeah. to rehydrate, to rest, to be okay. And as you say, I remember saying to her, someone again, because there were different people I was speaking to all night long. I remember talking at one point to her mom. I talked to her aunt and um, to firefighters. And I don't recall how many police officers or if they were just part of the whole group asking me questions on speakerphone. Um, but how important the affirmations were that if I was going to say that Alexi was at a certain place or that she was still alive, that before I could say that to them, I would say, are you wearing, do you have pain in your body on your left knee? Is your right hip out? Do you have a pinching sensation in your right trap muscle? And if it was accurate to the right side of the body versus the left, if it was the trap versus the shoulder blade, I had to be 100%. And that you and I have to be that 100% in order to feel confident to give the answer she's still alive. Or, or move left or move right. Or whatever it is they're asking. <clears throat> and that we had to say all of those things all the way through that night to feel that we could still continue helping them Mm -hmm. or that without using our own integrity, we would have to say, we don't have enough accurate information. We have to step out, call someone else Mm -hmm. and don't use your resources, your time and your energy speaking to us, Mm -hmm. but that that is where our integrity is. Do you remember other affirmations for that night? Because this was this, I wanted to do affirmations. That was a lot. Yeah. That was the majority of them. Yeah. I remember at the beginning of the night, they were just going out into the bush when they realized that she was missing and it was dark. It was around 10 o'clock. And I remember speaking to the first firefighter and her aunt was there. And I said, there's a female with you. And he said, yes, her aunt is here. And I had to, I described everything she was wearing so that when she heard that over the speaker phone, everybody could go, oh my God, she can do this. Mm-hmm. And that in that moment, what it meant for them in finding their missing niece. What that could mean for them when you find somebody who's that accurate, that gives you hope. Mm-hmm. My head can't go to all those places all at once. And I think that's partly why the affirmations are such a huge piece. Um, and why I dance. And why it's so important when I say to you, I feel like taking the day off <laughs> because it makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How are you? Good. I'm just 
Well, I'm not just listening. I'm just going with the flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that enough on affirmations? I, I could go on forever about affirmations because of how important they are. And I, I, I picked mi- um, two missing people because I think for you and I, those are just two of others that we've helped. Um, and it's not to minimize when somebody comes and needs an affirmation that they're, someone has died um, and they need just to know that they're okay. That that's just as important because you love them. And that no affirmation is any more or any less important. Mm-hmm. And that you and I know that because of the, the look on their face when they hear they're okay. And I think ultimately that's what we, we want. So that our own stress, our own anxiety, when I think about just what we want in life, even for somebody who's alive, I think of how many people come in and need to know an affirmation if, if a spouse is having an affair or not. And I think it's because if we want to know if we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. The bottom line. Yeah. Like, even if my, spou- if my spouse is having the affair, will I be okay if I know they are? If I know they're not, maybe I think it's going to be easier to be okay. But if, but maybe not. So what I'm learning is that I can't judge anything. And that no affirmation is too small or too trivial. Mm-hmm. Because of the importance that it can mean for me. and the import, But mostly the importance it can mean for them. And, and you know, we're talking about feelings. We're not just talking about accuracy now. We're talking about because it's related to how people feel. <coughs> Pardon me. Is there any that stand out for you, or are we done? I think I think we touched on them. <laughs> I oh okay, okay. So would you just like to be done this one and invite people that if they have any questions about anything that we've said, yeah. that they can contact us at our email address info at bysarlo.com. Perfect. Correct. And I'd also like to say that we have piles of podcasts and that we encourage people to go to iTunes to listen to them and to our website by Sarlo.com. No S. No you always S. add the S. Always add the S. By Sarlo. By Sarlo.com. And it's B-Y. Oh my God. I know, but I say it because some people think it's B-I. We're and, not. And we're, we're not, not by mother and daughter. Yes. And, but Kelly, we have to always say that because, well, you know, that's a different story. But anyway, um, it's by Sarlo.com and info at by Sarlo.com. Correct? Perfect. Okay. Yay. <laughs> we'll see you later.